Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 466, September 29, 2020. 89 degrees on this day in 1897, and 27 degrees on this day in 1945. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Fact-based, fact-based. Mm-hmm. In 1994, Tony, this is from Hans. Oh. In 1994, Tony Gwynn hit 394, the highest single season batting average since Ted Williams' 406 in 1941. And he knows I'm surprised Reavers didn't remember that. I saw Hans's email this morning and I, I screamed an expletive because I'm so mad because Tony Gwynn is the single reason why I fell in love with the San Diego Padres. I'm so mad at myself for forgetting that. And we, of course, have that breaking news out of the Vikings camp. Yeah. This might help them. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, a new strategy. (laughs) So the Vikings and the Titans have suspended their in-person club activities after positive uh, COVID tests came back this morning. Uh, The NFL and NFLPA said Tuesday that the Titans had three players and five personnel test positive for COVID-19. And, of course, the Titans played here Sunday. According to the NFL, both teams are suspending in-person activities immediately and are working with the league and infectious disease experts to contact Trace to do additional testing and monitor any developments. Now, the Vikings said they've had no positive tests, uh, but facilities will be shut down in accordance with NFL protocol. Mm. They've also had no positive plays. Great. How do I sound today? Sound pretty good. Good, yeah. I don't know what he did, but Rookie came over here yesterday, and he fixed the kinked cord. Yep. There was a discussion at your expense um, yesterday after the show with uh, the engineering staff and Rookie and myself, and we showed the engineering staff your your photo that you had sent us of the kinked cord. Mm Mm-hmm. And they just said, why doesn't he straighten it out? And um, I said, well... Well, I, I, Rookie will have to teach me what he did because I attempted many times to straighten it out. Sure. And it would instantly re-kink. Yeah. So we, but now, we'll line, see if that helps. Yeah, bottom line, it's fixed. Yeah, we'll see if that helps. Yeah. Uh, you guys know who Omar Jamal is? Longtime Somali community yes. activist. Mm-hmm. Sure. I called him today oh. and uh, caught him in New York. He said he was hiding in the bunker. And uh, I said, Omar, we'd, I'd love to have you on the show. It won't work today, but we'll have him tomorrow. Uh, Omar Jamal uh, doesn't really follow the company DFL line. And it's interesting now uh, regarding this uh, Project Veritas. Now what am I hearing? I'm hearing static. Reeves. Yep, I hear that too, actually. As soon as we bragged about the cord. Those are the I don't cord, think it's me. Those are the cord <laughs> gods coming back. Uh, well, it's gone now. There we go. Well, he's been mentioned in that Project Veritas situation, which alleges to have found ballot harvesting 
uh, in the Somali community. And all the media today have gotten around to it. The Minneapolis paper had it. The St. Paul paper had it. The television stations have it. And I'll, I'll read you, for example, how uh, CBS handled it on Channel 4. Uh, President Donald Trump is calling for an investigation of Representative Ilhan Omar after a right-wing group known for his controversial videos claims it has evidence of voter harvesting linked to Ilhan Omar. The video from the group Project Veritas shows a man driving around Minneapolis in July with what he claims are hundreds of absentee ballots for the Minneapolis City Council candidate Jamal Osman. Uh, The video was released Sunday night, and Trump repeatedly tweeted it. The video then presents community activist Omar Jamal, claiming, without offering proof, that Omar is paying for harvesting of ballots. And I asked Omar on the phone today, I said, "Why why are you the bad guy? And he said, because I'm telling the truth. Wow. She uses her money, and he is one of her many people. He is not the only one who works for her. Omar said, apparently referring to uh, the guy in the video. In a statement, Ilhan Omar denies the man in the video works for her and says there is zero truth to the Project Veritas claims. Omar Jamal fired back, retweeting the president's tweet with a, what's a GIF? A GIF. GIF. What's that mean? It's a a short photograph. You know, that's got a little, it's a reactionary photo on social media. Oh, See that you've got a problem here. One guy's named Omar Jamal, and the other guy's named Ilhan Omar. Other the other gal, girl is named gal, gal is named Ilhan Omar. Sure. So when we say Omar fired back, retweeting the president's tweet with a gift from a TV show revealing seven hundred and fifty bucks, the amount a New York Times story just hours earlier alleged that Trump had paid in taxes. The video says the man harvesting ballots uh, was violating Minnesota. Election law that allows a person to turn in three absentee ballots. However, for the August primary, a court order lifted the three-person limit, allowing anyone with the proper identification to bring in an unlimited amount of ballots. How could that ever possibly work? (laughs) Uh, The three-ballot limit has been reinstated for the general election. Minnesota's U.S. Attorney Erica McDonald, who was appointed by Trump, is not commenting. I'm hearing myself, Chris. But if the listeners don't hear it, then I'm okay with that. I was going to say, I, I, I'm not hearing anything, Joe. Yeah. The Hennepin County Attorney's Office says it has received no information or cases involving ballot harvesting in any elections held in Hennepin County this year. Omar Jamal, who makes the claim about Ilhan Omar's alleged involvement in the video, told WCCO he would call us back. He did not. He has also launched a GoFundMe account on his own behalf with the goal of raising 500 grand as of tuesday morning he'd receive more than 25 grand he writes that he intends to use the money to fight any legal challenges i may be presented with and establish a baseline of financial stability for my family for the next year along with funding his investigation uh wcco also called city councilman osmond's office and did not hear back the minneapolis police department announced yesterday that investigators are in the process of looking into the validity of Project Veritas's claim. So then I wanted to see how did other media outlets handle this, uh, pretty much pretty much pointing out that Project Veritas is, is a right-wing group and, and uh, not to be trusted. Uh, NPR uh, uh, has a story. How did an August primary election in Minneapolis turn into a national right-wing disinformation campaign against absentee ballots? 
A right-wing conspiracy outfit partners with a man of questionable reputation in the, in the Somali community to allege ba ballot harvesting fraud in Minnesota. And then what they do is provide a story from uh, uh, a community newspaper called Sahan Journal, which apparently covers the activities of the Somali community in Minneapolis. And the Sahan Journal said allegations of voter fraud in Minneapolis took right-wing media by storm Sunday night. I guess that means it didn't take left-wing media by storm, meaning right. all of our traditional news-gathering institutions. They stem from a report by Project Veritas, a video sting operation led by Republican provocateur James O'Keefe. Project Veritas's latest stunt expose accuses Ilhan Omar's campaign of ballot harvesting, a mail-in ballot practice often legal that occurs when a third party collects election ballots from voters and submits them to election judges. Various anonymous sources describe collecting ballots from elders, in the local Somali community during August primary election. The report, which is clouded with muddled and unsubstantiated information, shows a video of a man, apparently the brother of a city council member, claiming to hold 300 harvested ballots in his car. Omar Jamal, a longtime Somali community activist with questionable reputation, alleges without evidence that Representative Ilhan Omar's campaign participated in the harvesting operation. Okay. Uh, confused? You're not alone. Below the Sahan Journal breaks down the latest controversy. Uh, Project Veritas, and they go on to just ridicule it. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think that Omar Jamal uh, has questionable reputation because he doesn't march in lockstep with the with the company line. Right. He's not a he's not a terrible lefty. He often can be found smoking a cigar in the back room at Stogie's on Grant. But but look at the deflection, and we predicted it yesterday with, with Omar, Ilhan Omar. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of actually responding to a direct question, she just cites the president. Well, that's not what was asked of you. Let me see if I can find that. Yeah, her uh, St. <clears throat> Paul Pioneer Press had it on the front page. Uh, let me see if I can find Ilhan Omar's quote, uh, if in fact she was... She was reached. Uh, the video alleges that Minnesota uh, DFL and U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar know about the fraud and have done nothing to stop it. Uh, it also promises that there will be more videos to come on the matter. The DFL and Omar's office shot back, calling Project Veritas a right-wing disinformation outlet and compared them to President Donald Trump's tax returns. The amount of truth to this story is equal to the amount Donald Trump paid in taxes in 10 out of the last 15 years. Zero, said Jeremy Slevin, senior advisor to Omar. Amplifying a coordinated right-wing campaign to delegitimize a free and fair election this fall undermines our democracy. Uh, okay, so this this will never be Ilhan Omar's fault if, in fact, it, it ever was. She'll just... She'll just weigh in and find something to say about Trump. Mm -hmm. Quoted in the video is Omar Jamal, who Project Veritas identifies as chairman of the Somali Watchdog Group, whose website, which was registered a little over a month ago, says its purpose is to combat fraud, corruption, and abuse of power. Omar Jamal has been a go-to source for journalists in the Minneapolis Somali community for the past 20 years. That's how I got to know him. 
He's been quoted by the New York Times and the Civil Unrest in Minneapolis and in the Washington Post criticizing Omar's anti-Semitic comments in 2019. He's been interviewed by several national television stations over the years on a variety of topics, including the radicalization of Salami youths. Salami? Somali youths. Uh, Omar Jamal is a civilian community service outreach person for the Ramsey County Sheriff's Office. In the video, Jamal insists Project Verit- assists Project Veritas by secretly recording conversations with people involved in the alleged voter fraud scheme. He said Mohammed and others work for Omar, and he further accused Omar's office of buying votes. Like I say, if it all works out, we'll be joined by him tomorrow. Uh, which I'm going to find fascinating. And we're not going to get anywhere. Hauser was all over this yesterday um, in reacting to people that were going after him, saying, how come you're not covering this? And Tom saying, I tweeted about the alleged ballot fraud in Minneapolis after several hours of being berated for not covering it. Then I covered it, and now the berating is really heating up. In other <laughs> words, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I guess I'm just damned. Then a reply to his reads as the following. Tom, you're a good reporter. However, you went to a Democrat to ask about Democratic ballot harvesting. See the problem. Hauser responds with, I didn't know Representative Steve Drazkowski is a Democrat. Do you see the problem? Yeah. That's the game that we are just involved in here. Does anybody see the problem with people? Just They can just haul ballots back to get them counted somewhere? Yeah, that's a big problem, Joe. I... I, I uh... <laughs> vote early, vote often. <laughs> well, the police are investigating. The police are looking are in the mm-hmm. process of looking into the validity of the group statements. And as far as the media coverage, we knew that this was going to happen. And the other problem is, she's not going to grant access. So you're not going to get anything out of her anyway, from a media standpoint. Well, she'll grant access to somebody. Uh, that will throw softball questions at her and allow her to say I'm being victimized sure. because I'm a woman. and CNN, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, but I have a question. If the FBI does get involved, she does have to speak, correct? Well, she'd have to speak to them. She probably would never have to speak to me. Right. Yeah. We, we may never find out what she says if, if that happens. You know, and, and I said yesterday, uh, while I'm... I'm I'm capable of believing that Ilhan Omar is perfectly able to be engaged in this illegality. That's not the same as saying I think she did it. Uh, Because I said yesterday, we lack a little clarity in this thing. And, you know, undercover techniques are always suspect. You know, the secret, I gotcha, herky-jerky, black-and-white film, I gotcha, I gotcha, Uh, I'm I'm troubled by that. Uh, But this could maybe inspire the Star Tribune, which just has a bigger staff than the Pioneer Press, to continue to follow up on this. We And we must hope for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, How do you like those chances? I, I think it, it's probable. Uh, you know, there's some, there's some reporters that would understand this is a pretty big story if, in fact, it's happening. I don't know if it will ever be enough to undo her uh, she really seems to have that congressional district locked up. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know yeah. she was uh, on social media yesterday citing that in the last census in 2010, we were very close to losing a seat 
in Congress and we are in the same position. We need to ensure that our children, renters, immigrants, refugees, our homeless population, and all other historically undercounted communities are counted. Mm-hmm. So that's a case of CYA, correct? Of course. Yep. Of course. Yep. I can do some linking here. I can do some linking. All right. That speaks. You know, you guys, I'm thinking I want to go to about 2.30 today. <laughs> yeah, I got news for you. Um, you're going to lose. It's just it's just the, the newsman and myself, and I think you're going to lose us around 1 o'clock. When the GLers, uh, GLers, I got some baseball fans on the staff here. <laughs> I think I can. I, I think I uh, found another. It's merely an observation that speaks to the country's divide. All right. Mm-hmm. And I was alerted to this by reading a story in Fox News. Of course, I guess you know other news gathering operations aren't going to cover it. The Kenosha County Sheriff explains why he is endorsing President Trump. Kenosha, Wisconsin County Sheriff David Beth endorsed Trump, telling Fox and Friends on Tuesday there was a huge difference between Trump and Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden's response to the violence and destruction in his city. Beth publicly endorsed Trump in an op-ed published in USA Today in which the sheriff said President Donald Trump was with us when we needed him. The unrest that gripped Kenosha for several days following the police shooting of a black man last month resulted in $50 million in damage to buildings and businesses, officials said. Chris, am I popping? Mm-mm. Nope. Kenosha briefly became a flashpoint in the nationwide unrest over the August 23rd police shooting of Jacob Blake. The 27-year-old was paralyzed after being shot six times in the back by police officer Rustin Shesky. The incident set off a wave of protests, some of which turned violent, prompting the deployment at one point of 2,000 members of the National Guard to the city. Both Trump and Biden visited Kenosha amid the unrest, and on Tuesday, host Brian Kilmeade asked Beth what he thought was the difference between the two visits. When we made a phone call to our congressman, Brian Steele, we asked for any help that the president could and the federal government could give, Beth said. And the relay came back that whatever help you need, you got it. He noted that within the next 24 hours, a lot of federal resources came. And within 48 hours, the president himself came here and stood in the area that was damaged. Beth also pointed out that Trump met with the people here of damaged businesses, and he came and talked to the chief of police and myself and did a roundtable. So there was a huge difference in the two candidates that are running for president here in Kenosha. Uh, during his trip, the president announced $1 million to Kenosha law enforcement. So you have extra money to go out and do what you have to do. He also announced $4 million to support local businesses affected by the violence and $42 million to support public safety statewide, including support for law enforcement and prosecutors. Two days after Trump's visit, Biden went to Kenosha. During Biden's trip, he met with Blake's family. Kilmeade made mention of Biden's visit with the Blake family, adding that the former vice president did not walk through the city and did not visit with you guys like Trump did during his trip. I was not invited to meet with Joe Biden, Beth said. 
He added that in contrast, Trump right away got a phone call out to us and said, we want to meet. We want to see what else you need and what other resources we can help you with in Kenosha. And we are extremely grateful for what he put out to Kenosha. Okay, now maybe maybe not a lot can be made of this, but a, a larger observation can be made. In the country's divide, and we're hopelessly divided, the right, if that's the term, believes in law and order. The left, I, I'm comfortable saying, does not. Or a, or a new version of, yeah, of law They're trying to reimagine it. Yep. But Trump, I'm sorry, Biden not wishing to talk to any of the law enforcement officials, but clearly intending to signal his concern for Jacob Blake, which he's perfectly entitled to do, uh, indicates that Biden comes from the school of thought that we have to look at crime differently. Uh, Kamala Harris visited with the Blake family and said how proud she was of of Jacob Blake, uh, who has been injured seriously. And and you can't ever play the game of go and look at his police record. Uh, There's not a lot to be proud of. Trump, on the other hand, he comes in. Yeah, you need some more bullets. Let's go here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> need more. You need more people. Uh, I got you. That's our divide in this country. You know what the divide is? It's between right and wrong. Yep. That's the divide. The divide is between right and wrong. In well, fact, you could make the argument, though, that, and I'm going to get in trouble here, of course. What stopped you before, of, John? The head of the right side perhaps isn't a law and order guy um, strictly, shall we say. He doesn't follow law and order like he should. And the difference between right and wrong, just saying. Do it again, John. I'm sorry. A text just came in from Omar Jamal, which I'll read in a moment. But uh, repeat what you just said. Uh, The fellow who's in charge of the right side right now. Right. May not. uh, I don't know. Is a flawed human being. Call him a law and order guy. And I don't know if I'd say his right or wrong uh, barometer is always you know, I got you. In the correct I got you. place. You oh, know he, what I'm saying. He's you a flawed, flawed, flawed human being. Mm-hmm. But so is Biden. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, <laughs> you've said it many times. we got Donald Trump and Joe Biden running for the presidency. Yeah. Hmm. Great. <laughs> the two oldest candidates in history. Uh, <laughs> exactly. it, becomes, it becomes must watch TV tonight. Oh, yeah. To watch the debate. Here's the latest. Uh, This is from, uh, I'll find the source here in just a second. Uh, Joe Biden's handler several days ago agreed to a pre-debate inspection for electronic earpieces, but today abruptly reversed themselves and declined. Biden asked for multiple breaks during the debate, which President Trump doesn't need, so they have rejected that request. So that's, we can't even agree on how the setup's going to be. Yeah. Though this is where they wanted somebody to check to see if they had secret devices in their ears. Yeah. Talking to them. For uh, them what to say. Yeah. Open your mouth, Joe. Like an NFL coach getting (laughs) stuff from upstairs in the press box. Running the play play down. down. Yeah. 
Well, Omar's not missing a beat here. He wants me to uh, share his uh, website for his GoFundMe campaign. And the only thing I can think <laughs> is that, that Omar must be uh, somewhat uh, frightened or concerned that he's going to be sued, perhaps by the Ilhan Omar camp, for, uh, for what they believe is his aiding and abetting the project Veritas, Veritas uh, deal. Well, Omar that, Jamal, Project Veritas election fraud insider organized by Omar Jamal. So if you want to look at no, it. No, 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 no. You, you tell him, as, as the guy who's proprietary of this show, yeah. yeah, we'll promote it if you come on. Well, he'll be on tomorrow. We'll talk about it. Yes. If he comes on tomorrow, that'll be fine. The, that's the advice I'd give fine, you. Fine yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. But I, uh, getting back to Kenosha, uh, Law enforcement guys are, are going to obviously side with people who support them. Mm-hmm. There, would, there would be no reason for this Sheriff Beth to uh, say, well, look, I really like the way Biden handled this. Uh, he didn't bother to meet with us, and he didn't express any concern about our damage, but I still love the guy, and we're going to side with him. That's not the way it works. He's going to go with the guy who's promising some support. Well, wasn't there a story last week, John, maybe you had it, or maybe, Joe, you brought it up in the show, talking about who sides with law enforcement and how uh, Kamala Harris helped bail, what was it, six guys uh, mm-hmm. out of jail through the, uh, what was it, the Minnesota Freedom Fund? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what it was? Well, there's all kinds of bail programs out there that are springing the criminals back to the streets. Well, and they're primarily funneled through... The Democratic Party. Well, absolutely. Minneapolis is now credited with being the reason that the country is aflame this summer. That's called the Minneapolis effect. So we got that going for us. So that's something to be proud of. (laughs) Used to be the city of lakes. Now it's the city of ruin. The city of riots now. The city of riots. And it was a professor at Utah who did some research, and he believes that the minute the police stood down, homicides went up and rioting and looting went up. And mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what will bring peace to Portland. And again, I've never been to Portland, so I don't know geographically how much of the city has been ruined by whatever now, 150 straight nights or whatever it is of protesting, did not you, protesting, looting and rioting. Did you see yeah. the email that Kelsey sent us, by the way, of the uh, the mug shots of the 24 people that were arrested last night in Portland? They're all freaks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, could, I was in here howling. I was laughing so hard. I mean, they got yellow hair, oh, yeah. and they got, they're, they're professionals. The, my favorite one was the, was the one guy, he had the big hoop holes through his ears yeah and he had the the weird green hair and he had the the mask imprint still stuck to his face yeah oh god (laughs) yeah well mom dad how'd you meet well we were rioting in portland together we got arrested at the same time (laughs) there's always eating to soothe the troubled soul oh like at uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. I'll say. Uh, John, uh, we did decide to let you off the hook yesterday. You made a bacon run. You didn't contact us, but what are you going to do? You don't come down to the studio, so it would be unfair to expect that you should have notified us. I agree, and that's what I put on Twitter. Yeah. I, I shouldn't be held accountable. Well, and no. I didn't really help your case by calling you out on it either, so I yeah. apologize Thanks to you, Johnny. Thanks a lot, Chris. <laughs> did you get the, how, how did you have him cut the bacon? Uh, it, it was actually, a pre, they prepackaged it. She asked what size I wanted. Yeah. And it was, it was 
a little thicker than normal because yeah. it was for BLTs. And oh, it, oh. Was, it was wonderful. Did you pick up a, a Philly patty by any chance? I didn't. I forgot all about them. I got uh, jerky, the turkey jerky again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got some chicken breasts and some mm. hamburgers and forgot all about the Philly patties, which I wish I would have tried because that sounds so good. It's a new one. Uh, it's the favorite of many GLers, uh, even though it's not been out that long. It's red and green peppers, onion, Swiss cheese all mixed together in a third-pound beef patty. Put those on a hoagie bun with some au jus. Uh, they also are inventing new brats, including the Bloody Mary brat and your Bloody Mary. And uh, the bacon, uh, which you have enjoyed immensely. Yes. Uh, there's, uh, and Spencer's still struggling to get all the permits in line to uh, add 2,500 additional square feet <laughs> so he can continue to produce the best products available in all of Gumption County, if not the entire world. I it's did want to talk yes, with Spencer about, yeah. the, uh, about the permits and stuff. Yeah. They've gotten several approved now, so it yep. looks like things are a go. So in October... They'll be able to start building the shell. And then in winter, he said they're going to work on it. And hopefully by spring, everything's good to go. What the so, hell is taking so long, I wonder? Yeah, he's well, he's, he told me about two of the permits, and then he's still got a list of things that has to be Unbelievable. checked. Unbelievable. So, yeah. 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 That's for a meat market. How would you like to build a car company? <laughs> Holy no, mackerel. No what thanks. have we done to ourselves? <laughs> Grunhoffers. It's an old-fashioned meat market. It's right on Highway 61. Uh, just it's on the east side of 61 at the north end of what's uh, considered to be downtown Hugo. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Say, I got an idea for you. Yeah. Whether you're going to watch some playoff baseball today starting at one or gonna settle in for that interesting and thought-provoking debate tonight how about you pour yourself a nice tall glass of some bourbon whiskey from our friends at harmony spirits because i'm gonna tell you something right now that's what i'm gonna do while i watch playoff baseball not do that other thing but check them out (laughs) online right now harmonyspirits.net that is their website and there you can get really cool craft cocktail menus they've got their new fall menu up right now there and on their twitter account at harmony spirits on twitter and uh, some really cool craft cocktail recipes but also check out the hours of their tasting room it's a beautiful space down in harmony minnesota but here's what they would like you to do more than anything else when you walk into your local liquor store ask for them by name so many of you jailers have stopped in and done that they've really grown their brand and they're very appreciative of that because of you jailers so thank you so much for doing that but please if you stop in or make your order let them know that you heard about harmony spirits right here on the garage logic podcast uh reavers i don't care that playoff baseball's on tonight you have to watch the debate as part of your job description but it's (laughs) garrett cole versus bieber no Oh, you okay. better be clicking hard. I, I'll, I'll click. Well, I'm going to help you then. Okay. What harmony uh, spirit would you most recommend for tonight? Oh, I'm going bourbon whiskey. Okay. Here's Sanibel Jim's rules of engagement. Okay. The 2020 debate drinking game. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you want me to show up for work tomorrow? <laughs> Ready? One yeah. sip. One sip. If Biden loses his train of thought mid-sentence. Okay. Okay. One sip. If Trump laughs at Biden. One sip if Biden misquotes COVID stats. One sip if Trump says huge. 
<laughs> One sip if Trump's hair flutters. <laughs> One sip, this will get you hammered, every time Biden starts a sentence with look or listen. One sip if every time Biden says an incorrect gun fact. Now we're up to shots. Oh, boy. <laughs> One shot if Biden refer- references being VP or Obama. One shot if Biden references taking away guns and stricter gun laws. One shot a shot if Trump says China virus. <laughs> Finish your drink if Biden forgets where he is. Biden calls his wife by the wrong name or gender. Or Biden says, come on, man. Yeah, he does say that. <laughs> There's your drinking rules for the uh, debate. So after the first 30 minutes, you pass out on the floor. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I Here's John. Almost, Here, yeah, John. I was going to write a lead for the story, much like what you just read. Yeah. And the f- uh, first two that came into my mind was that uh, Biden would get a little addled with numbers. Yep. Uh, but then Trump would say, a lot of people tell me. Yeah. <laughs> or one. you didn't, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Here is John Hyde in his Garage Logic newsroom. Thanks, Joe. This update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Sports notes to start the Twins and Astros. A kickoff baseball playoffs this afternoon. By the time you listen to this podcast, the game will uh, either be in the late stages or over. It's the best of three being played at Target Field. Uh, by the way, and uh, of course, this may be old news by the time you hear this, but Josh Donaldson not on the roster uh, because of an injury. So uh, he won't be playing. Byron Buxton, though, is. I know a lot of Twins news. fans, myself included, were happy that they avoided the New York Yankees. But yeah. I don't think that we should be celebrating the fact that we get to play Houston because yeah. you're talking about a team that's played in three of the last four World Series. I know they cheated, but they got playoff pedigree. Uh, that worries yeah. me a little bit. I agree. I agree. Uh, Vikings in Tennessee, you talked about this a bit, Joe, uh, have suspended their in-person club activities after positive COVID test results came back Tuesday morning. The NFL and NFL PA said that the Titans had three players and five personnel test positive for COVID-19. The uh, Titans, of course, played this past Sunday here in Minnesota. A news note, speaking of COVID, Governor Tim Walz's approval rating has fallen to 57%. That's a loss of eight percentage points during this summer of COVID-19 pandemic and urban unrest. All of this according to new Star Tribune NPR CARE 11 Minnesota poll. Survey of likely Minnesota voters also showed that as the coronavirus case count has climbed, so have concerns about the virus. With 98,000 cases almost and over 2,000 deaths, more people said they know family members, friends, or acquaintances who have tested positive, and the percentage of people worried about getting seriously ill has ticked up since a poll in May. However, the latest results show a lot of folks are hesitant about quickly using a vaccine if one becomes available. If a COVID-19 vaccine became available with government approval and scientist support, 48% said they'd immediately get vaccinated, 43% said they would not, and of course, 9% said they were unsure. The Hennepin County's Attorney's Office has responded to allegations of that potential ballot harvesting in the county, stating that it has not received any info, nor does it have any cases involving ballot harvesting in any elections held in Hennepin County this year. Uh, this all comes after uh, Project Veritas claimed to show ballot harvesting in Minneapolis among political allies and associates of Representative Ilhan Omar. The report from the Project Veritas group makes a series of allegations about a scheme to get elderly Somali voters to turn over absentee ballots 
ballots to people harvesting votes for Minnesota City Councilman Jamal Osman, who was elected during a special election on October 11th. Uh, Joe, I know you say it comes to you. you. You don't have to go find it, but the state's fall color finder oh. has returned to help Minnesotans it find... comes right to your own window. ...find the best spots to see the changing leaves. The state's tourism office, Explore Minnesota and Minnesota State Parks and Trails, has launched a weekly fall color report to update the map each week. State park staff check the trees, the wildflowers, and grasses in their area. Those observations are used to create the color-coded map that shows the approximate percentage of fall color that can be seen. If you'd like to find all that, just go to the DNR website. It's debate night. From 8 to 9.30 tonight, President Donald Trump and Democratic candidate Joe Biden meet on the debate stage from Ohio. That debate will be moderated by Fox News' Chris Wallace. Tonight's topics, uh, the Trump and Biden records, the Supreme Court, COVID-19, the economy, race and violence in our cities, and the integrity of the election. Uh, Each of those is scheduled to be talked about for 15 minutes during the debate. State Representative Angie Craig has filed a complaint asking to attempt to ensure that the second congressional district election does take place in November, despite the death of a major party candidate in the district. According to a release from the representative's campaign, Craig and Apple Valley resident Jenny Winslow Davies filed a federal lawsuit to attempt to ensure that the Minnesota 2nd Congressional District will continue. Adam Weeks, the representative running in the 2nd District for the Legal Marijuana Now Party, died early in September. According to Minnesota Secretary of State Steve, uh, Secretary of State Steve Simon, state law states if a major party nominee dies within 79 days of Election Day, a special election will be held on the 2nd Tuesday of February. The date of that special election will be held February 9th. Uh, Craig running against Republican candidate Tyler Kistner, whose campaign released a statement early Monday saying the Democrat is trying to play politics with Minnesotans' voting rights. Um, by the way, if you, uh, John, I, I don't know if you've listened to Monday Night Sports Talk, but if you want to hear a really good tirade about what's considered a um, major candidate, Patrick pretty much unloaded on, uh, on that. Decision. I'm with him. I'm with him. Legal marijuana now is not a major party. Yep. It's a bunch of fruitcakes. But Pat's tirade was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Two people have now been arrested in that attempted robbery and shooting of a doctor in a parking ramp at Fairview Southdale Hospital in Edina. Mm. After following several leads, Edina police located the vehicle, believed to have been involved in the September 14th incident. On Sunday, they arrested 33-year-old Matthew Thomas Rush and 50-year-old Lucinda Ann Peterson. Rush was booked into the Hennepin County Jail on suspicion of second-degree attempted murder, Peterson for aiding and abetting. Both Rush and Peterson are convicted felons with long criminal histories, according to Minnesota court records. Well, if they get a Minneapolis judge, they'll be out in about two weeks. On August 20th, just over three weeks before the shooting, Rush was arrested for fleeing Edina police in a motor vehicle, according to court records. He was charged and released on the same day on $10,000 bond. Uh, He lives in Minnetonka, has a criminal history that includes nine felony convictions. He's been convicted four times for financial transaction card fraud, as well as once for possession of burglary tools, theft of property, possession of a dangerous firearm, and first-degree aggravated robbery. So, John, why, Peterson, why, why, why was he not in jail already, John? I, I'm not sure of that, Chris. Nine felonies, you'd think that might get you, you know, an extended stay, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Peterson of Minneapolis twice has been convicted for felony drug possession. She has several misdemeanor convictions on her criminal record, including two for issuing worthless checks and eight for prostitution. We were talking about this off the air, but I think it's worth bringing up on the air. Um, the reason that this doctor was most likely targeted was because of prescription um, empty prescription notepads. And so if you know someone that carries those around, I'd, you, you better tell them right now to stop carrying those around on your person. Protesters and Portland police clashed again in Oregon's largest city late Monday with demonstrators throwing rocks, hitting a police sergeant in the face, and spraying a chemical irritant at officers. 24 people were arrested. The demonstration with about 150 protesters took place outside a police union building. That's turned into a frequent protest site, according to police. The protesters with makeshift shields gathered earlier for their demonstration in a park and officers moved in to take away the shields. A scuffle happened when officers tried to seize a sign that said vote, according to multiple videos that were shown and police used pepper spray. In their statement, police called the protesters walk from the park to the union building a planned, unpermitted march. Most of those detained amid clashes were arrested on suspicion of interfering with a police officer and disorderly conduct. Well, John, we've asked the question before. Let's ask it again. Does Portland yeah. return to whatever we would deem to be normal if Biden wins? No. Because I'm, I'm developing a new theory oh. that that behavior mm-hmm. in Portland has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with who wins the presidential election. They're anarchists. They don't care who wins. They don't care who the president is. Okay, They're so anarchists. What do you attribute the behavior to? Anarchy. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> the the complete the complete destruction of this country because they they yeah. deem it to be unfair, and they're yeah, not they willing want, to work. Want everything to change. And, yep. I, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't get why. And we mentioned this with Kamala Harris and celebrity. Te- what's in it for you to bail these people out? I don't get it. Well, they think they're being virtuous to the victimized. Oh, okay. A dispute over cutting in line led to a fatal shooting outside a haunted house in southeastern Michigan. (laughs) Investigators were looking for a suspect Monday after the early Sunday shooting at Arebus in Pontiac. A victim and his girlfriend had been waiting in line to enter the Arebus haunted house, according to the Oakland County Sheriff, when a male subject in line ahead of them would not move. The victim and the suspect exchanged words as the uh, suspect thought the victim had cut in line in front of him. Both men went to their vehicles and shots were heard. One man was hit in the side, neck, and chest. Witnesses reported a blue sedan fled the scene at a high speed. Haunted House co-owner Ed Terabus said police responded to the shooting in two minutes. He said, we had ample security, we had cameras, crowd control. Not knowing what was happening, we brought people into the building at that time. I'm so glad you didn't say high rate of speed. I hate that phrase. <laughs> I know you do. I'm going to have to make sure and edit that from now on. Huh? That's not the way I would choose to end my life, getting shot, waiting in no. line to get in a haunted house. What are the chances we'd find you, period, in line at a haunted house? Zero. I did it once. <laughs> I took the youngest kid I used to have and his buddy, who happened to be a girl, and they were both about four or five. Ooh. And it was, that, it was that haunted house that was over uh, near Minnehaha Park. I don't know if you remember that. There was some, Mm-mm. it was quite famous. And uh, I damn near killed people uh, trying to get out of there. I got I got each kid under my arm like a loaf of bread. And I'm, I'm stepping over bodies. I'm doing everything I can to get out there because I was terrified. 
It was horrible. Uh-huh. It was horrible. I'll never, ever do that again, nor has any yeah. kid I've been associated with ever done that. I could Don't see, do it. I could see how that it would have a lasting impact on a five-year-old. Yeah, I could, oh, I God. could see that. They, they, yeah. He seems to have overcome it. Uh, uh, but <laughs> Still I, sleeps uh, with the light on. I don't know if he has flashbacks <laughs> or not. I've never had any desire. I, did, I, did I don't know what the one. hell was in my mind. Why did I do that? Well, I, I don't did, know. I did one well, at the, for the kids' sake at the state yeah. fair, the one that's on that corner by one of the exits. Oh, sure. I did that one, yeah. and that's it's pretty harmless. The one at the no. fair. I'm never doing it again ever. <laughs> in Great Britain, a group of parrots at a zoo had to be put back into isolation. Well, they all started swearing at customers <laughs> after coming out of quarantine. <laughs> hey, hey, you fat bastard! <laughs> The five African hey, give me gray a cigarette. parrots. Give me a cigarette. <laughs> the uh, five parrots were adopted by Lincolnshire Wildlife Park on August 15th and put in a room together. But it appears they used their time in isolation teaching each other foul language, which left <laughs> park staff in hysterics. Wow. But swift action had to be taken when they started using obscenities with guests. <laughs> see, they taught see. each other? Yeah, apparently it sounds like one or two already knew how to do it. Ooh, an instigator. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you guys, listen up. Hey. Next time they're staring at you, tell them to go bleep themselves. (laughs) (laughs) They all sound like Roycey. Yeah. (laughs) Steve Nichols, the CEO at the Friskney Park, he said the birds were put into a timeout, but he admitted over the last 25 years he's had to take uh, in many parrots that have sometimes had a bit of blue language. Oh, that's funny. With nothing better to do in isolation, and because by chance the latest crop were all adopted at the same time, they quarantined together, living in a room full of swearing birds. The park chief said they learned to swear and laugh at each other swearing, leading something akin to an old working men's club scenario. Within 20 minutes of them being put on display to the public, there were already multiple reports of the parrots swearing at customers. We found it highly amusing, but the customers, uh, they laughed. But we were worried children were coming in that weekend, so we moved them. I, I don't know why this is making me think of this story, but did you guys see the note? I believe it was out of Tampa of the uh, the guy that called the police because he heard his neighbor saying, "Shoot!" Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> and it turns out a bunch was, of Tampa Bay Lightning he was fans watching the hockey game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it had a happy ending. Oh, it did. When the neighbors realized how what they had done calling the cops because they kept hearing shoot from next door. And then when they realized it was Tampa Bay Lightning fans, they had a case of beer delivered to them. Oh, that's cool. Okay, that's cool. You may have seen this story over the weekend, a, a bit strange. Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Montana. Oh, man, his how wife, about this story? I did see that. Confronted a home intruder who tried to kidnap their nine-month-old grandchild over the weekend. Oh. According to Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, Montana told deputies his grandchild was sleeping in a playpen on Saturday when an unknown woman entered their home in Malibu and grabbed the child. Montana and his wife Jennifer confronted the woman, whom authorities later identified as Sodse Dalzell, tried to de-escalate the situation, asked her to give back the grandchild. After a tussle, law enforcement officials say Jennifer Montana pried the child out of Dalzell's arms. The sheriff's office says that Dalzell fled the home but was later arrested. It wasn't immediately known if Dalzell had a lawyer who could speak on her behalf, but she was charged with kidnapping and burglary. The sheriff's office declined to release any more information, citing the case was still ongoing. So did they, do they think that it was a, uh, a motive for ransom money? They won't say. 
Wow. They, they, they've given no more information. That is just no terrifying. More. My goodness. What is the what name is of the kidnapper? Uh, Sonsai Delzel. Uh, I wonder what uh, S. Where is it? Uh, oh, Sodsai. S-O-D-S-A-I. Sodsai. 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 Dalzel. D-A-L-Z-E-L-L. Huh. Sounds Over like Joe my... let the wife do all the work. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine a grandmother's not going to let that kid be taken? Well, no. no are you Joe, kidding me? Joe was never known to be a scrambler anyway, so no. she was probably faster than him. She no, you know what he say. said. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. One Vermont man is receiving world recognition recognition for his gardening skills after growing a record-breaking zucchini right off of Route 2 in Montpelier. Get this. 115-pound zucchini. A A pound would be enough. Yeah. Store employee and Williamstown resident Ron Schultz has a full table of large vegetables and gourds on display, but it's that <laughs> zucchini that's attracting attention. It's a new Vermont state record, that's and it's getting hell of an attraction, isn't it? Attention. Well, it's Vermont, you know. Yeah. He says his passion for gardening grew after he attended a large vegetable way-off. Since then, he's been setting and breaking records. Large veggie enthusiasts may have seen his 1,100-pound pumpkin at the state house a few years ago. Schultz said, I pretty much did what I wanted to do. I wanted to expand, and things keep expanding. He says he hopes to hold on to have the largest zucchini of 2020 and continue to break records in the upcoming years. Well, you all need a goal. Yep. Yeah. Costume and party supply store, Party City, ordered one of its franchises to pull a kid's Confederate soldier costume from its shelves after facing backlash. Caroline Brosler, who's the adoptive mother of two young black daughters, said she came across the Civil War costumes emblazoned with the Confederate flag while shopping Sunday at the location in Crossroads, Virginia. The Confederate flag to me is a symbol of racism, she told the outlet. One of the costumes labeled Confederate officer came with a Confederate flag on the hat while the other was supposed to be Robert E. Lee. Brosler said that after seeing the costumes there, she decided to take her daughters elsewhere to buy their Halloween gear. Party City said the costumes had been on sale at the franchise location, but they are not available at any corporate-sponsored Party City stores. You ever been to a Party City, Joe? Nope. <laughs> I, uh, I don't like anything with the name City. I know you don't. I don't like the city, yeah. <laughs> Georgia State Patrol arrested rapper Lil Yachty. Oh, not Lil month. Yachty. After he was allegedly caught driving 150 miles an hour on an Atlanta highway. Uh, I know what you're going to ask, Joe. What kind of car, right? And they don't say? They do. Troopers oh, pulled over. Oh, well, well, they don't say which model, though. Mm-hmm. All they say is troopers pulled over his white Ferrari. That's oh. all they say. Doesn't make any difference. They're all capable of 150. He's 23 years old. His real name is Miles McCollum, and he was arrested September 21st. An officer had followed the car after spotting it speeding and weaving in and out of traffic on the interstate near downtown. McCollum was taken to the Atlanta City Jail, charged with reckless driving and speeding, according to the agency, has since been released. The recording artist totaled his red Ferrari in the same area in June after spinning out of control. Witnesses told investigators the roads were wet, and McCollum was traveling at a high rate of speed at that time. The rapper addressed the recent speeding in a video on the app TikTok, saying in part, quote, yeah, it happened. Slow down, kids. Was What's his name, Little Yachty? 
little yachty, like a yacht, you know, a boat. I've never heard of him. boat, but. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, I have heard of him, yes. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you a song or anything. No, I well, didn't what, no what, how, how could he possibly own Ferraris? What, Let me I look up little Yachty. Well, look, why don't you look at how many hits he's had, Chris? Maybe he's probably got, you know, more money than, you know. Y-A-T-I? Little Yachty? Y-A-C-H-T-Y. Oh, C-H-T-Y. Like a boat. Little boat, man. Like the boat. Little Yachty. You've never heard of the song, I Spy? No. Or how about uh, how about Dram? But that Can you play any of it, or does that violate I, some rule? Yeah, I don't think we should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he let's look up the old Wikipedia, see what he's got here. Oh, he's been at it for a while. He started in 2014. Wow, uh, so he started at 17, the age of 17. How about Kamala Harris when she was asked to name the best rapper, and she goes Tupac? Well, he's been dead 20 years. Best living rapper. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Uh, oh, he was. Uh, he was also arrested, John, for credit card fraud back in 2015. Really? Yep. I Didn't Kamala text, Harris uh, also refer to uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg as uh, Notorious B.I.G.? Yes, she did. Something like that. Notorious yeah. B.I.G. Instead of R.B.G. Yeah, she yeah. said B.I.G. Well, close enough. <laughs> I just sent a text upstairs to somebody you might know, but he hasn't answered about Little Yachty. Little Yachty. He knew who he was. Yeah. Little Yachty. Mm-hmm. Little Yachty. Bleep a you crimi- people that have Ferraris and you don't even know how to drive. Well, his, he already wrecked one. Yeah. Already totaled one. He does have a nautical theme to his uh, albums, Joe. His fourth studio album called Lil Boat 3 <laughs> was released in May of 2020. His second studio album was very creative, Little Boat 2. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Is there a Little Boat then? The Little Boat a- was the debut album, John. There you go. Little Boat 2 2016. I wonder if he practices broat safety. You stay with the broat. Yep, got to stay with the broat. <laughs> uh, two weeks shy of a year after abruptly quitting Fox News Channel with the declaration that truth will always matter, Shepard Smith is coming back to television this week at his unexpected new home. Uh, Shep will begin a general interest nightly newscast uh, 7 p.m. Wednesday, that's Eastern Time, on the financial network CNBC putting him back in the time slot that he was in in Fox before Fox moved him to afternoon seven years ago. The 56-year-old newsman, a Fox News original who joined that network at its start in 1996, says he's relishing the fresh start. He said, we're going to come out and do just the news. We're not planning to do any analysis in our news hour. We're going to have journalists, reporters, sound and video. We're going to have newsmakers and experts, but no pundits. We're going to leave the opinion to others. It's exactly what I've been wanting to do. It's what I've been working at for the past 30 years. Now that starts tomorrow. Uh, I just got an answer from upstairs. He said, yes, I know who he is. Why? <laughs> Never mind. So apparently he's, uh, he's well-known. Is he on little broat too? <laughs> and a criminal who hijacked and diverted a helicopter in midair trying to break his wife out of a Belgian prison has been arrested after detectives <laughs> found he used his own name to book the flight. That a boy. <laughs> 24-year-old Mike Gillian threatened the helicopter's pilot using a a replica handgun as he sought to spring 27-year-old Crystal Appelt from the Birkendall Women's Prison in South Brussels on Friday. The helicopter, uh, there was a problem here, circled the prison several times. Uh, His plan, though, was foiled as the pilot couldn't land within the courtyard. There wasn't enough room. And uh, the other problem is uh, the fella Gillian became nauseous and put his 
head out the helicopter and threw up three or four times. You know, you got to admire the guy's uh, loyalty to the uh, to the girlfriend, though, don't you? Yeah, you, you had a plan. Yeah, you had a plan. You know. Was it his girlfriend or wife? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought uh, it I was know. his uh, wife. Oh, I'm yep. Sorry. He yeah. met and married his wife uh, in, in. He actually met his wife in prison, the mixed gender Hasselt prison last year. He said, when both Crystal and I had visitors in January 2019, we bu- bumped into each other in the visitors area. Uh, the gal, by the way, is in jail on suspicion of stabbing to death an ex boyfriend. 30-year-old oh. Andy Vanderite. I think this is a uh, classic case of. Right down to the name Crystal. This is no-go zone. Oh, definitely no-go yeah. zone, yeah. yeah. It might even it, teeter on danger zone, don't you think? I think so. I yeah. think it could. It's Absolutely it does. There's no question about it. As long as there's a stabbing death involved, it's the danger zone. Because the danger zone is what? That's your, your redheads, your strippers, and anyone named Tiffany. Anyone named Tiffany. <laughs> It's crystal with a K also. So That's even not, worse. Oh, so yeah, this is sure. this is uh, this is no go zone. Yeah, for sure. Not the not the common spelling. For so those of you wondering you what go. we're talking about, look up Hot Crazy Matrix on YouTube and you will laugh for about a half an hour. Yeah. In fact, go. I wouldn't mind hearing a snippet of it again when we come back. Oh, you want to hear that? Oh, I could probably yeah, dig that just up. Fantastic. Okay. Just fantastic. world as we know it and he feels fine joe suchere gallery's two more days today and tomorrow at ecofun motorsports on highway 61 in forest lake tim bloom has been donating since the beginning of september 100 from every scooter and electric bike purchase by glers or anyone mentioning hope on the river eric mishy's uh, float down the river, insane, float down the Mississippi, calling attention to his great foundation, Spare Key, which helps families struggling with medical expenses. Tim hopes uh, through the uh, uh, good GLers that they're going to raise eight to $10,000 to help uh, Michi out. So there's sale prices on all Bentelli electric bikes and scooters. These are the same low prices GLers have paid all summer. Mention Garage Logic when you stop in, and 100 bucks from every scooter and e-bike purchase until the end of September. That's tomorrow. Will be donated donated to Hope on the River. Uh, EcoFund Motorsports has had their best year ever in their 12-year history, and they're giving back. And it's very kind of the Blooms to do this. EcoFund Motorsports is the best uh, go-to recreational place in the uh, in the tri-county, five-county metropolitan, seven-county, whatever we got here. Uh, Yamaha products, helmets, apparel. Great service department, those scooters that turn every errand into an adventure, and of course the great Bentelli e-bikes. Mention GL or Hope on the River, you'll get a hundred bucks off. That that great offer by Tim has been running all this month and concludes tomorrow at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. If you, uh, we were talking about the woman who was trying to get uh, hijacked out of jail by her husband in a helicopter. And we determined that she's no-go zone. Here's what we're referring to. Above the crazy line, we have the danger zone. This is your redheads, your strippers, anyone named Tiffany, hairdressers. This is where your car gets keyed, you get a bunny in the pot, your tires get slashed, and you wind up in jail. Understand something. This is not a static environment. This is a situation where you have got to 
use this matrix over time mm -hmm. to develop some reliable data. Yes. And then there was also the, uh, <laughs> here's another zone that I think you should uh, uh, always be aware of. Right. Above an eight hot and between about a seven and a five crazy, this is your wife's zone. When you meet this girl, you should consider a long-term relationship. Now, below a five crazy and above an eight hot, this is your unicorn zone. These things don't exist. If you find a unicorn, please capture it safely, keep it alive. We'd like to study it and maybe look at how to replicate that. Above an eight oh, hot God. and below a five crazy is the unicorn zone. Oh, These God. do not exist. That's just wonderful. That's just wonderful. I have an unfortunate note. Oh, good. Uh-oh. Five vintage cars and a pickup truck valued at $300,000 were stolen from a St. Paul body shop early Sunday morning. Wow. John Ritter, who I know, it turns out, I know John Ritter and his brother Larry. They've been collecting classic cars for 55 years. He says someone kicked in the door to the body shop where he stores part of his 15-car collection. That's behind the Highland Collision Center on West 7th Street. Until I uh, met uh, Schoonover years ago, years ago, that's where I had all my body work done. So I've gotten to know these guys. It's a bad deal, said Ritter. It's a lot of work and a lot of years to get a collection this big and this nice. Top quality cars, to have them all leave in such a short period of time is sad. The car thief or thieves made off with the $300,000 worth of cars, but Ritter says that number doesn't take into account the hours and hours he put into them over the years. Among the cars were a 1960 Cadillac Coupe de Ville, a 1965 GTO Convertible, a 1965 Pontiac Le Mans, a 1967 Chevy Impala, a 2000 Pontiac Firehawk, and a 2000 GMC Pickup. The suspect or suspects also ransacked the place and took tools, a vacuum cleaner, tires, and Ritter's checkbook. You can't sell them, he said. They don't have titles. They are very unique. They are all very expensive. Ritter said he spent countless hours restoring them to their former glory, and he hopes someone can help return them to their home. I just hope they bring them back home, he said. This is where they belong. Uh, that's a shame. I, I don't know if he kept keys in them or what. But I know exactly where this is. It's down on West 7th Street, and somebody kicked in the door, and maybe they knew these cars existed. I've seen all those cars. They were just perfect. Mm. They were all 10s on a scale of they were all 10s on a scale of 10. That's a shame. Uh, but I'll keep my eye out because I know what they all look like. Uh, Kelsey wants to know, let's see if you can get worked up over this. If you're upset over Trump getting out of paying taxes, blame Congress. You're right. They set up the system, and they could change it anytime they want. Funny, they never try too hard to do so. Every billionaire in this country pays an incredible amount of money every year to their teams of lawyers and accountants to avoid as many taxes as possible. Warren Buffett has claimed for years that he pays less in taxes than his secretary does. I guess since he buys himself protection from the left by no donating hundreds of millions of dollars to Planned Parenthood, we don't get to see all of the outrage by members of the media directed at him. If you want to get upset about something truly frightening, consider the fact that New York Times released tax information of a private citizen. I guarantee you that Biden's efforts to avoid taxes won't be covered like this. And then he linked me to a Breitbart story that shows how the Biden family created some means of avoiding hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes. But I take issue with one thing, Kelly. He said, when you're the president, are you really a private citizen? Hmm. Haven't you uh, pretty much lost that? 
Mm, isn't that a slippery slope? Well, I, it is. It is. But I, can you think of a more public figure than the president of the United States? Uh, the answer is no, you can't. Uh, no, probably not. Would, would you, plus, would you want the president's stuff to be public? I would. His tax returns. Well, he's the, and the Wall Street Journal noted today, the, the guy can't get out of his own way. If he's not going to release the taxes, somebody else is going to do it for him. So he's blowing his chance to tell his own story. He's, he's just, by his reticence, he's made himself vulnerable to the likes of people who are out to get him. The New York Times, for example. Mm-hmm. And so he could, have, he could have nipped this in the bud back in, back in 2016, he was asked if he was going to release taxes, and he said, no, they're under audit, or something's under audit, a return he got is under audit. But, uh, but Joe, the, the whole reason that he was elected in the first place is because so many people found it refreshing that he was bucking the system. Right, right, right. And isn't that, I guess, what he's remaining, or that he's continuing to do right now by yeah. not releasing his tax information? Yeah, but, 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 the, but the suspicion would be that the reason he's not releasing them is because uh, he fears... Uh, I don't know what he fears. He either fears he'll be seen to not have any money or he'll be seen to have never paid taxes, which is unlikely. I'm sure he's paid taxes. Uh, and again, we have to keep in context uh, the likes of Kelsey are right. Congress makes these tax laws, and they're often made to the accommodation of large corporate donors who say, you know, don't forget about us. <laughs> So, uh, God, yes, it's a it's a game. It's a game every billionaire in this country plays. Well, it's a game we all play to a certain. extent. I was going to say, yeah, we all try to get out of paying, you know, whatever we have to. Not me. Nope, I pay everything. Okay, Chris. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm declaring uh, hairstyling. Uh, I'm going for hairstyling. <laughs> seventy grand, at least seventy grand, and then a hundred grand for consultancy to the CP who sure. hectors me. Sure. Yeah. There you go. Only because they come to us all the way. From Mumbai, India, from Tom Lyman. It's on this date in Minnesota history. In 1964, St. Paul's first McDonald's restaurant opens on Fort Road, and a hamburger costs 15 cents. Wow. (laughs) So that means uh, Fort Road, that'd be 7th Street, right, where the cars were stolen. Although, uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it would be on on, a, uh, on the corner of about Jefferson and West 7th Street, because that's the only McDonald's I can think of on what's called Fort Road or West 7th Street. It's 1964. And as long as I'm going down this memory lane, I always thought the first McDonald's in the Twin Cities was uh, out on, uh, oh, Snelling Larpenter. Was that the one that had the big drive through I don't know. Because I've seen photos of it. Oh, St. Paul. Maybe maybe the one I'm thinking of is in Roseville. Oh. This says St. Paul's first McDonald's restaurant opens on Fort Road. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right, Joe. 2075 Snelling is the first Minnesota one. Yeah, that's Ni- the one out 19, in Roseville. 1957. Really? September. And yep. it took that long? It took seven years before mm-hmm. somebody said, let's have another one of these? That's amazing. That's amazing. And on this date in 1837, Dakota leaders signed a treaty in Washington, D.C., selling their lands east of the Mississippi River for about 500 grand in cash and goods. This treaty, along with the Ojibwe Treaty of the same year, opens eastern Minnesota to settler colonists. 
Representatives uh, for the United States are Joel R. Poinsett and Lawrence Talaferro, while uh, Tehapse, Big Thunder, and Gray Iron sign for the Dakota. Hmm. So there you have it. All right. There you have it. Well, boys, you won't be late for your baseball game. <laughs> a, a couple other things. Sorry, yeah. Chris. Yeah. McDonald's, uh, there were other ones in other suburbs. Uh, yeah. St. Louis Park, 1957. Yeah. So uh, apparently they didn't come to St. Paul, Minneapolis until well after they they uh, were in the suburbs. What about and, White uh, Bear Lake? Is that mentioned? Um, I don't see that. I remember one on County Road E that was there ever since I can remember. Huh. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's not St. worth Louis the Park research. Thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, mm-hmm. And I did get a message uh, about Little Yachty. Yeah. He's had a few. Uh, he's had a few hits. Uh, but even more important, and this tells you how the music industry has changed, uh, even more important, a lot of major brand deals and collaborations. So he has... I mean, for clothing fun. and stuff like that? Yeah, I guess, yeah. And collaborations also, uh, music and for products. Did he collaborate so. with Visa after he ripped off people's credit cards? Is that a part of know. his collaboration? Okay. I, uh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Is it L-I-L Yaddy? L-I-L, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lil Yachty. Yeah. Lil Yachty. Good going there, buddy. (laughs) All right. I hope to have Omar Jamal tomorrow. That should be interesting. That should be fun. Yeah, that'll be good. All right. Yeah, let's uh, first pitch. First pitch. (laughs) Don't tell me I never did anything for you. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Yes, you have. Thanks, boss. Hey, don't forget about Pod MN. You only have, what is today, the 29th? Two more days to listen to GL, and some lucky listener is going to walk home with that autographed pushback sign courtesy of Pod MN. And hey, you know what? You can also win fantastic prizes, including Garage Logic merchandise. All you have to do is download it in your Apple or Google Play stores. Pod MN, listen local. Hey, we'll catch you tomorrow with a complete recap of the Twins and Astros right here. No, no, we'll complete <laughs> recap of the debate. Maybe, uh, maybe a town ball story or two? No, oh, no. Okay. We'll catch you tomorrow on Garage Logic. And don't forget, you get a sip uh, uh, every time. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I just misplaced yeah. them. Never mind. Yeah. 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 <laughs>